The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We're talking about pride, pride in our love of soaps, and pride in oneself. Today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I am your host, Dan Kroll. It is Friday, February 21st, and I hope that everyone out there is doing well. I know that there's been a lot of violent weather across much of the country in the past 24 hours, so I hope that you and your loved ones are safe. And as always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to spend some time today here with me and all of our wonderful guests. Before I get started with today's show, I do want to share a little bit about my day with you. It's not normally something that I do at the top of the show, but I spent part of the day today with the amazing and legendary Agnes Nixon. I'll have a lot more of that on SoapCentral.com and in some upcoming episodes of Soap Central Live. And as a matter of fact, uh, Agnes pulled me aside and said that she'd like to be a guest here on the show. And that was without me even asking. She sort of invited herself. And who says no to Agnes Nixon? So hopefully that's something that we can work out in the weeks ahead. She is uh, simply amazing. She had some great behind-the-scenes stories about some of your favorite All My Children and One Life to Live stories. And she also wanted me to make sure that I tell everyone thank you from her. Thank you for watching her shows. Thank you for being fans. Thank you for all of the love that you've given her over so many years. And she's also currently working on her memoir that will be out shortly. We'll have a lot more information about that as well. But that does provide the perfect segue for me today to get into today's show. Because three of my guests today have ties to Agnes Nixon, whether they are direct or indirect. So coming up in just a bit, we'll have the creative minds behind the new web series, Pride. Then on the eve of the NAACP Image Awards, we'll be joined by a nominee this year, the Bold and the Beautiful's Lawrence St. Victor. And then coming up in the second half of the show, Eileen Kristen will be here to talk about her second life as Delia on General Hospital. I can't wait for that as well. But up first, if you want to be a part of today's show, you want to call in and talk to any of my guests, or you want to talk to me, or I'm not sure why you would, but you're more than welcome to, or if you want to share some of your soap pride, I'd love for you to do so. Just give me a call on our toll-free caller line. The number is 866-472-5788. Our number is always the same, so you don't have to worry about it changing each week or during the show. Just add it to your phone. Make it a speed dial number, 866-472-5788. If for some reason, though, you can't get to the phone or maybe you're phone shy, you can still be a part of the show. Send us a message on Twitter, either 
at Soap Central Live or at Soap Central. You can also go to Facebook if you're more of a Facebook person. We have an on-air thread there at facebook.com slash Soap Central. I'll be reading your messages and asking some questions that you've submitted right here during the course of the show. So getting on with today's show, typically at the top of the show, I introduce my first guest, but we've got a gaggle of people here uh, today. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So let me tell you about, it's a new web series. It's set for a New York premiere next month called Pride. And Pride is described as, get ready for this, an eight-episode genre and gender-bending television series that depicts four characters who are connected by blood, friendship, sex, and love in a classic battle between good versus evil. Doesn't that just sound fascinating? I can't wait to find more about some of those, some more than others. But let's get the creative team behind this series. Darrell Anthony appeared as one of the cool kids on the All My Children reboot. He is the creator of Pride, the series. Darrell, welcome to Soap Central Live. Thank you for having me, Dan. Hello, everyone. I also have with you some of your other creative folks. We have Jennifer Wilmoth, is a writer and executive producer on the project, and Brandon Polanco served as director and executive producer. He's also the writer and director of Writer's Block, which is something that we're definitely going to be talking about. It's got a lot of buzz. It's a short film starring Breaking Bad's Brian Cranston. So, Jennifer, are you there? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it is wonderful. We also have Brandon. Brandon, welcome on into the conversation. Hello, sir. Thank you for uh, having me. So I, I, we're gonna. It's a question for everybody, I guess. We're gonna see if your accounts of this change as we go on. We'll start with Darrell. How did all of you meet? Oh my. Um, <laughs> well, I met Brandon first, actually, in Texas. Um, Brandon and I happened to be at the same place at the same time, so to speak. Um, we were both out. Um, I, I knew him through a friend. We were at a bar, and it was like, "Hey, Brandon," and that's how I met Brandon. Uh, long story short. Uh, Jennifer and I, we both got cast in an off, 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 off Broadway show here in New York, um, where her and I basically had to take over the directing of the show, and it was a match made in heaven. Absolutely. Jennifer, how many off Broadways was that? That we were kind of about five. Well, let's just call it a Brooklyn show, and not like a trendy Brooklyn show, but like a. Bensonhurst Brooklyn show. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a messy show, but I'm so glad I was a part of it because I got to meet Darrell. <laughs> Brandon, we heard Darrell say it's uh, make a long story short. Usually, that makes me think of something like Seinfeld, where it's yada yada yada, and there's a whole lot crossed over. Is there anything in that long story short that maybe you feel needs to be put out there for people to hear? I mean, if you want to call Darrell and I's past maybe something like Thelma and Louise, that would be a certain situation, but we're not able to disclose that right now. So. <laughs> okay. No, so, um, Darrell and I, we, uh, we went to two separate universities. Um, I went to Stephen F. Austin, he went to Texas State, and we had mutual friends um, that worked in the Austin scene, and we just, you know, we met each other in Texas, and then re-met each other in New York City. It's fun to reconnect in different locations. Sometimes different, uh, different areas, you know, they, they bring out different dynamics of a relationship, I think. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think when Darrell and I met each other, we had met each other just as acquaintances. And, um, you know, 
the, uh, the, one of the big realities is that when we met in New York City, I had made a short film called Snapshot. And Darrell's apartment, which is actually the main location of Pride the Series, was the location I used for that short film. And so I had known Darrell, and I'd helped him move into that apartment. So there had always been a certain creative nature that kind of came together naturally at, through our friendship. And um, without, I think, making Snapshot, I don't think there could have been maybe the catalyst of him coming with the idea of Pride to us. So I'm really glad that that, you know, was something that happened when we were when we met in New York City. And Darrell, where did the idea for Pride come from? You know, um, I was sitting at, at, coming to moving to New York and having to go being able to go to the Pride in New York City that happens every June around that time. I finally started to see more of a story. You know, I was here in New York when actually they said that gay marriage became legal here. And I went out, Brandon, actually, we both went out that night, actually. Uh, We both went out to Stone, we went out to Stonewall. And just to see all those people out there and to see people expressing themselves in such a way where they were so happy and proud to be. And it wasn't just gay people, you know, it was straight people, all types of people, colors, different walks of life. And it just really touched me in a way that I thought that there should be more stories out there that depicts lives of gay and straight intermingling. And that's where pride came from. And Jennifer, when you're writing, because as I mentioned, you are a writer for pride, where do you draw your inspiration from? Because as you heard Darrell say, uh, a lot of times the stories that we're given are very segmented. We People view them as a gay story, even on, on soaps, or it's a story that is mostly with gay characters. Very rarely in the past did we see a lot of stories where there was crossover, where it was pretty much everybody from everywhere. So where did you draw your inspiration from? I mean, I, I could definitely speak for myself and, and maybe for the group. I mean, I, I draw my inspiration um, from my life, and I think... You know, we all come from different walks of life. They're from Texas. I'm, I'm from New York, um, you know. And um, basically, you know, whether gay or straight, I guess the thing that we're trying to get across is that it's like stories are stories, and, you know, they're not really going to be different. I, they could be told through, told through a straight character, told through a gay character, whatever the case may be, but it may not necessarily be inspired from a writer who's gay or straight, you know. So um, I definitely draw my inspiration from my life and, and things I see and um, I think I think we all do <laughs> absolutely uh, Brandon what are some of the challenges that you faced uh, you know whether small or large in going about this this project we've heard from a lot of people where sometimes the financial aspect is the biggest challenge sometimes it's getting just the right cast for you personally what were some of your uh, your personal challenges that went into uh, getting Pride the Series done? Uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, okay. You know, the, the reality is this. When we created the pilot back in June of 2012, we shot that, and we immediately, we just did the old school, no film school, certain way of doing it. We got ourselves a DP named CJ Baker. He brought a camera. We got some equipment and we made the pilot. Mm-hmm. And together that pilot was, you know, we put it out there and Darrell found the budget that we had that we used for the shoot. The hardest thing about creating pride, not, I could tell you, yes, it's the budget and that, that was exhausting and tiring, but actually the reality was, was just making something on the scale 
Together, all the episodes are going to qualify about a two and a half hour marathon of content. And I've only created three short films. This is something that was large. And on all of our ends, I think I can speak for every one of us to say, to make something of that quality and to also make a high quality program was really tough on the budget we had. But it was also the stamina of being able to go 19 days of shooting, 19 days of also rewriting the script at times when things were just not working. And we're like, oh my God, we've got to add this character and we've got to do it. It was amazing, but oh my gosh, it was like sailing a ship, captaining a ship, I guess, if you will, on really treacherous water. But the mm-hmm. water kept us moving. They didn't stop us, but they were definitely big hills and jumps that we had to go through. Mm-hmm. Darrell, uh, yeah. I guess that's a sort of a, a roundabout way to get to what your connection is to Agnes Nixon. You appeared on All My Children, which, of course, Agnes created. And, you know, fans are still upset. There were some treacherous waters that Prospect Park, I guess, had to sort of uh, traverse in getting these shows back. And, of course, mm-hmm. we know that All My Children isn't with us anymore. But something that you and I were talking about before we, we got on air is that there's a, a totally a, a different way that you're upset because we would have had more story for your character had the show gone on. Is that what, I, I, is that what you were yeah, telling me? You know, yeah, you know what? One thing that All My Children was doing that that was really well that I liked is that they were really starting to tell more teen storylines. Uh, they were really focusing on the teens. The teens over on that show, they were all talented, very hardworking. I became friends with a lot of them. Um, I'm sure if the show would have gone on, you would have got to see more of Hunter and his buddies running around the school being awful to everyone. But I, I really think, and I, I saw the production value, and I saw what those people were doing, and they were getting in there then at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. in the morning, and they worked their butts off sometimes till 10, 11 at night. I mean, they were really a hardworking group, and I, I feel awful. But I'm very blessed to have been a part of that, and it will go down in history. You know, it's one of, I feel like I'm one of Agnes's children now. Everyone who gets to be a part of that show, whether you're a character, whether you're doing background, whether you're doing crew, you are one of her children. And so that's, I take that with me, and it was very wonderful being there. Uh, it was kind of amazing getting to sit down with her today, and, and she really does feel that way, what you're saying about everybody who's been on that show and everybody who's supported it. Uh, you know, not to be cliche, but I think she really does feel as everybody as all her children. Yeah. It, it, was, a, it was a wonderful experience. You know, like I said, I, I mean, the cast was so supportive. Uh, Vincent Irizarry, he was so nice, and Thorsten K. in between takes. He, by the way, Thorsten is really, really, really funny. Like one of the funniest men I've ever met. And so in between takes, those guys would come in and they would talk to everyone else, you know, especially some of the newbies are some of the people who were doing day roles, they would just talk to us and be like, how are you? Do you need anything? Is everything okay? I remember there was one day we were shooting in uh, town square kind of, and Thorsten simply walked up behind me and patted me on my back. And it was just, it was just really good to know that you had the support of all the veterans who were there who really believed in this project and really wanted to see it go far. And it's really, I guess people sometimes get lost in the fact that it really is a lot of work writing a soap. We're talking five episodes a week, 52 weeks a year, uh, maybe not for, for the reboot that was different, but for soaps in general. So that does make me want to ask Jennifer, as someone who is a writer, what do you think are some of the best written television programs of the moment? Or, you know, maybe some in the past that are no longer with us. What, what do you see as the best written programs? 
<laughs> well, I'm going to be pretty cliche here. I'm, I'm kind of a Breaking Bad head, and that was um, a show <laughs> that just uh, drew me in. And uh, not just because uh, my buddy here has a, a film with him, but um, yeah, just like the writing really um, was incredible. I actually watched the whole series. I'm one of those people that I don't watch TV like on a daily basis, but like I'll just, when I have a day off, I'll just veg out and watch like maybe five episodes of something. And um, so I ended up watching the whole series of Breaking Bad like in 2013, like from season one until the end. And um, that's the first thing that comes to mind, like an incredible series that just the writing just kept me kept me coming back and wanting to wanting to want more so for sure sometimes the segues write themselves and i don't have to do any thinking whatsoever so brandon can you tell (laughs) us a little bit about writer's block uh definitely definitely uh writer's block is my i guess premiere first short film that i have released um it was uh Back in 2012 of October, I was working on the set of Cold Comes the Night as a production assistant on the film. And during that time, we had Hurricane Sandy and uh, looming on our backs. And Mr. Cranston decided to hold a wonderful opportunity that I got to win, which was a contest for the production assistants to create a script. And if he enjoyed the script, he would choose one, and then we would make the film. And so I wrote the script in a night after I heard that we had this contest, and I had a bottle of Tito's vodka, and I just went to town on this script. And I woke up the next day, and I handed it to him, and he looked at me and said, rough night, and I said, yes. And an hour later, he came back, and he chose my script out of three. And I, you know, he did not know it was my script. None of the names uh, of the script, uh, none of the scripts had our names on them. And so three hours later, I started directing a minute and we made the film. And after everything was done, it was one of the best experiences that I ever got to have, just in terms of just creating work and making something fast and not worrying about all the repercussions that could come and just telling a story as quick as we could. And sometimes it's those unexpected opportunities that do yield the best results and the best rewards, I think. Definitely, definitely. It was, um, you know, I think it was also a good way to actually mirror what we were going to do when we made Pride. You know, writer's block happened so instantaneously that when Pride happened, there was a little bit more prep time to it, but Pride had to take that same sense of drive and just thinking quick on your feet. Writer's block was an experience about trusting my gut and trusting my instincts and not worrying about, well, what is this going to mean? Instead of just being like, I need to capture the action. I need to capture the plot. What do I need to say with this? And then going to town. And so having that under my belt and also having the ability to work with such a talented actor gave me a lot of tools to play with when we were writing and creating and working on production of Pride. Well, we are almost out of time for this segment, but I have a question that uh, I was talking to you guys about before we came on air. This was inspired by a fish trying to get out of my fish tank. I don't know really how they're related, but it works. Jennifer, we're going to start with you because it should be ladies first. Since the name of the series is Pride, Mm -hmm. I'd like to know, what are you most proud of? Hmm. I got to say, hmm. I'm most proud of of just you know my heart, you know, and the type of person I am, and and being a good person, and, and caring about the people that I care about, and um, 
you know, being very loving and, and open and that's really that's really what I think um is the most important value um that I have to offer the world is just my heart. And Darrell, what are you most proud of? My courage. My courage because I feel like everything I've done uh in my life has been one of those things that I do it and I don't I don't take anything for granted. I, I, I go in and I say, you know what? I need to do this, and by doing this, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're just going to see. And that's the chance I took when I sat down with Brandon and Jennifer, and we started talking about pride. And I'm sure they thought I was crazy, but (laughs) they both believed in me, and we believed in each other, and that's where it came from. I mean, courage is something that I will live with for the rest of my life, and I'm proud. And last but not least, Brandon? Um... I am proud of the collaborators that I get to work with on a daily basis. If there's anything that I've learned thus far in all the work that I've created, it's not about me, it's not about what I can bring, it's about the people that I can inspire. And I'm proud to know that the, re- the work that I've created is because my text has inspired a team of people. I'm proud to get to say that I get to have Lauren B. Martin be in both Passing By and Pride. You know, I'm proud to say that I get to have Brian Cranston be in writer's block, and I'm proud to say that I get to work with Darrell and Jen in creating the work, because on the end of it all, that's why we do this, to collaborate. So that's what makes me happy and proud about my work. Darrell, for folks who want to check out Pride, the series, when are they going to be able to see it, and where do they need to go to be able to see it? Well, um, we will be having a private screening uh, in March. We are speaking with online distributors at this time. We will have more information in the coming weeks. You can check out our Facebook page at Pride the Series on Facebook. Also, tweet us at Pride the Series, and then check out our website at www.pridetheseries.com, and more information will be coming as soon as we know. Well, I want to thank you all for coming here and chatting with me about this and for, uh, you know, sort of going all over the place with my questions. And I definitely would love to have all of you back as we approach a launch, as we are starting to, you know, gauge reaction from when people see this. And hopefully, if there is another round, if there's a second season or a second go round of Pride the Series, we definitely want to be able to have a launch party here as well for that. Thank you so much, Dan. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We are going to take a quick break, but we will be back with more of Soap Central Live in just a moment. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with Soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, Check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, 
SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I am your host, Dan Kroll. I want to thank the gang from Pride the Series for dropping by in the last segment. Now, my next guest puts the beautiful in the bold and the beautiful, and he probably puts the bold in there as well. He plays the role of Carter Walton. You may also remember him from his work as Remy Boudreaux on Guiding Light. This year, all that hard work culminated in his very first NAACP Image Award nomination, and it's also been a year of other firsts, including this, his first appearance here on Soap Central Live today. So, Lawrence St. Victor, welcome to Soap Central Live. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad this was able to uh, come to be today, and congratulations on the Image Award nomination. Uh, thank you very much. What does the nomination mean to you personally? Wow, man. I've been thinking a lot about that since, uh, since I was nominated. And uh, it, it's, such a, it's such an amazing award because it's not just awarding people for their talents, but the award in itself. It's a, it's a socially conscious award, you know. It's mm-hmm. a, the NAACP, you know, it's a, it's a civil rights organization. So whoever they nominate, they feel that they're the kind of people playing the kind of characters on the kind of show that upholds the vision of the NAACP, which is to bridge gaps, create opportunities, and, you know, just be an advocate for, for change and, um, and for coming together and overcoming obstacles and hatred. So it's an amazing award to be nominated for and I'm in an amazing category uh, with a group of actors that are just amazing. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, Christoph St. John, Aaron D. Spears, Redder Williams, Taquan Richmond, these are, I mean, it's really, really good company. Oh, man, it's, it's such good company and with this kind of award, it's like, I just don't really feel, this may sound cliche, but I just don't really feel like I'm going against anyone. I feel like we are all it's all our war, you know, we're in this together in a way, you know, so it's, it's amazing company to be in. No, I, I get that. I, I don't think anybody, uh, any of the image award noms, I don't think anybody has ever gone and, you know, said, Oh, I really want to win this. It really does seem more than anything else. People truly are honored and humbled to be nominated for an image award. Absolutely. And, you know, television, and film has been, you know, making leaps and bounds. But, you know, people of color, women, all, you know, there's been several obstacles as far as getting roles, whether the roles are, are uh, needy enough. So to be nominated along with some awesome men of color on top of what the award means, it's like, 
guys, you know, we're we're together in this. This is this is kind of a unit thing, and whoever wins, we all win because the fact that we're here, it's just it's just awesome. And even the nominees for Outstanding Motion Picture. I mean, mm-hmm. are we're talking incredible films? Twelve Years oh, a yeah. Slave, Lee, ba- uh, Lee Daniels, The Butler, Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom, Fruitvale Station, and The Best Man Holiday. Do uh, do you have any thoughts on those five films that are nominated? I love them all. I saw <laughs> I saw them all. <laughs> I thought the performances were amazing, and you know, some would say it's been a, a very strong year for black cinema. But mm-hmm. I would like to to recount that and say it's been a strong year for cinema and Hollywood and independent film have made bold choices to tell other stories that should have been told already. But these are strong films with strong directors giving strong performances. And I'm, I'm humbled that I'm in their company, very humbled. I'm in their company and and inspired by these films at the same time. There is a film from more than 20 years ago, but it, believe it or not, somehow inspired a question for you. And the name Lawrence St. Victor, it's a very regal name. It's, it's very it's sort of professional and upstanding. Now, back in Boys in the Hood, Lawrence Fishburne was mm. credited as Larry Fishburne. So it got <laughs> me wondering, have you always been Lawrence or did you have a nickname growing up? I've always been Lawrence. Some friends call me L. Uh, back in the day, people called me, some people called me uh, Lolo, but Larry was something that never, I never let it stick. It just wasn't my thing. But a couple friends of mine, I allow, I allow to call me Larry. The way they say it, I like the way they say it, but okay. I'm, I'm a Lawrence. See, it's, I'm like, for me, I'm Dan. I don't want to be Daniel. That sounds like I'm in trouble, like I've done something wrong. <laughs> and Danny makes me sound like I'm two and wearing diapers. Right? So that's not going to work. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that whole, you got to be called what you want to be called kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's your identity. I just don't feel like a Larry. It's just not my... <laughs> I don't think anybody thinks you look like a Larry, <laughs> but I mean, neither does Lawrence Fishburne. So eh, I guess right. things happen. So while we're, we're sort of on that topic and talking about names that people have, you were not just an actor, but you had the opportunity to be a writer and a producer in something that was a first in 70 years of soaps. Sometimes it's very, very hard to be the first of anything because it seems like everything has been done, but you were given the amazing opportunity to create a web series. that was a spinoff of the bold and the beautiful called room eight. How did this come to be? How did it come to pass that you were given this really incredible honor? Wow, it's the stars kind of aligned. Um, when I first joined Bold and the Beautiful, Brad Bell was very aware of my previous work and my previous producing work, and he really loved the web series um, Wedlock. He loved Wedlock, and he, we would yeah. talk about it a lot. He loved Carla in it. He loved me in it. He was impressed that we kind of put it together ourselves. So we would talk about that randomly, and as the storyline went of Carter, you know, following his dreams to become an actor in this web series, I got a call from Brad saying that, you know, hey, do you guys want to create a web series roommate and have it be like, you know, on its own? And it was, I mean, it was, it was wow. I didn't see that coming at all. And uh, that really goes to him and his creativity because 
You know, it'd be one thing, I've done a web series before, I'm so into new media. It'd be one thing if I came in and pitched it, but no, it came out of Brad Bell's mind. So, yeah. So then, um, so then me and Carla, we got together, uh, we had a meeting with him, and we figured out what the arc of the storyline should be, and we just got to writing, and we delivered them all the episodes in like two weeks or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, yeah. then, you know, there were rewrites. We had a, uh, we had people we had to please, you know, Brad was such an advocate for it and he had a vision and then, um, you know, CBS coming on board. So everybody has to be on the same page. So me and Carla's goal was to push, you know, the envelope as far as we could and then let them pull us back a little bit. Well, when you're, you're talking about this series and you also talked about wedlocked, uh, or, you know, or this week on screen on The Bold and the Beautiful, we have your character just about to pronounce people husband and wife, and there's someone fainting, and it's very dramatic. <laughs> and then you have something like Roommate, which is funny. I mean, it's it's not – some people may have thought, well, this is going to be a, a soapy type of thing. It's It's funny. It's more of a sitcom, which is harder as a writer, do you think? I mean, is it harder to be – soapy and, and dramatic or is it harder for you do you think to do some of this funny and uh you know intersex sort of relationship drama that's funny um well i would say that um i think because you know it, you know since roommate in in some ways is inspired is inspired by some of the the mood and attitude of wedlock that felt kind of close to the material so writing it with Carla, it, that was kind of a breeze. Acting it, it was tough because it was weird to go from one gear to the other. Mm. And, you know, we shot it, and we don't know it's going to be funny until we're in post-production where it's too late to reshoot stuff. Right. So we're just we're acting and just hoping that the jokes are landing as far as... But, but doing um, drama is hard, too, because, you know... In soaps, we have we have drama where we deal with you know relationships, parent relationships. But then there's a part of soaps that's awesome where we get to go into melodrama and go into the fan. I mean, how cool is it when Katie faints right before you know the vows? That's awesome. That's 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 good drama. It kind of sometimes is. it takes, somebody, but we you know we have to suspend our own disbelief. We can't sit there and say, well, it really should be this way. Or in real life, no, we have to allow our imagination to play into the fantasy. So I would say they're both challenging in different ways. And uh, it depends what day it is, which one is more challenging for me. <laughs> it I mean, depends how I wake up in the morning. I mean, oh my gosh, you mentioned having to suspend reality. Can you imagine not being able to suspend reality and watching the soaps? I mean, oh my gosh, just with the, the back from the deads and all that other stuff, I, I oh, think but, you, but <laughs> you have much, to be a special person. Much, Every like everything on television. I don't think people realize that everything on television requires you to suspend your disbelief. It's like you know, if you watch Law and Order, I'm sorry, guys, detectives. There's cold cases. Cases don't always get solved. I know you guys love your crime dramas, but there's a lot of cases that don't get solved. If you watch Scandal, I mean, that's a soap on primetime television. So I, everything you watch requires a suspension of disbelief. And, and allowing yourself to go into a fantasy world. Mostly and, reality and programming. That seems to be the one that you have to suspend belief most for, all of these re reality shows. It, and, and that's funny you said that, because it's very true. 
it's very true. How often do we watch a reality show, but then something that happened with the people are in the news, but it's in the news before we saw it in the reality show. Now the reality show has to cover it because it's in the news. It's like, wait, I thought it's reality. We should have saw this coming a while away. While, you know, so it's all produced and it's all made for entertainment, which requires you to step into a, a fantasy. I think we like our soap fantasies a little bit more than some of the reality fantasies, but I want to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned, you know, you're such a fan of new media. What are some of the other, let me, let me take that back. Cause I don't think that you can answer quite that way, but if you had your say, what would you like to uh, put out there? What are some of the projects that you would like to personally work on? Uh, actually I'm, I'm working on some stuff right now, but, um, and planning on pitching a, a potential, t- potential project, so I can't say that one. But I would like, I, I, I'm very into um, the sci-fi and kind of the superhero genre, so I would love to do a web series that's kind of in that world. Um, I also love the idea of, of just relationship drama. And the cool thing about a web series is that it can be a little more intimate then um, I think uh, television and film, more intimate than film because it can go on for a while, more intimate than television because we don't have the financial limitations that television has. When you watch a, a show on media, you know, it can look like House of Cards or it can look like uh, Diary of an Awkward Black Girl where it's just more handheld, it's more gritty looking, and it's acceptable. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, something um, action-packed and superhero-y or something kind of like gritty and dramatic. Okay. So with that, one of the overlapping questions that I've had sort of for everybody here on today's show is what are you most proud of? That was the question. Okay. Yeah, I was listening <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to, the, to, to the show before I came on. And when you asked that question, I was like, I don't know. I got an answer. You might ask me that. And I don't have an answer. So let me think. Um, what am I while you're, most proud of? Right. While you're thinking, I'm going to let people know that the Image Awards are airing tomorrow, Saturday, February 22nd on TV One. There's a red carpet special beforehand that starts at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and then the main show is directly after that, an hour later. You can also go to NAACPImageAwards.net to see all of the nominees in all of the categories. It's not just television. It's also film. There's also uh, literature. So there's a, there's a lot of different things. You can find out all the nominees and find out where you can view in your area. So while I've given all of that, it's given, I should have had the Jeopardy theme music. That's given you a, a little bit of time, Lawrence, to think about it. Maybe, maybe if it's not the most thing, uh, since it's sort of like the Academy Award acceptance speeches, people are always upset after the fact that they forgot to thank somebody. How about some of the things that you're proud of? Does that make it a, maybe a little easier? It does. It definitely okay. does. Um, well, what first came to mind was my friends and family. I'm really, I'm really proud of. I have some some amazing friends who are, who are doing some amazing uh, things in their careers as well as in their relationships and, and my family has just been a staple as far as a support system. And, you know, growing up, I kind of felt like a loner. And, uh, and now I have, you know, I have a beautiful wife who just has my back. I just have people around me that continue to push me to be, you know, to excellence to the best I can be, but as, but they're so loving. 
And a few years ago, I probably would have been like, I don't need that, man. I'm good. I'm good. Me and my wife, I'm good by myself. But now I really do appreciate all the people I have in my life. That's that's what I'm the most proud of right now. And I think that's important for everyone to think about. Yeah, definitely. So I want to thank you, Lawrence, for making some time to chat with us today. And, you know, certainly with your other projects, we have our fingers crossed. We won't go too on to that. But uh, when they come to pass, I'd love to have you back to talk about them. Oh, definitely, definitely. Thank you for having me. This is great. Thank you. Absolutely. So, gang, we are going to take another break, but we will be back with more of Soap Central Live. So stay tuned. In about two minutes, we'll be back with Eileen Kristen. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in today with soap central live starring dan j kroll do you have a question a comment or you just want to dish please call in at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com now back to our stories Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. My next guest is an Emmy-nominated fan favorite known for her roles on One Life to Live and Ryan's Hope, and now General Hospital, where she'll be popping up all next week, so be sure to tune in to ABC to check her out. She also appears in the soon-to-be-released series, Tainted Dreams and Pride. It's so good to finally have her here on the show. Eileen Kristen, welcome to Soap Central Live. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Uh, You know, we were, folks, uh, I guess, should know that behind the scenes while we're at commercial break, we do some chittering and chattering and all kinds of other stuff. And we were talking about the weather and how it's been, I think it's been incredibly cold and snowy here in the east. You know, other people say it's just normal. It's this winter. If you don't like the winter, go to California. And I mean, you've apparently took them up on that advice and have gone someplace warm. 
my first week out there when I was actually shooting, it was about 78 degrees, 80 wow. degrees during the day. It was absolutely beautiful. The sun was shining. There was hardly a cloud in the sky. The second week was a little rainier, a little bit more humid. But they needed rain so desperately that it was kind of good. It was great. And uh, the whole time that I was there, basically, the weather was about 10 to 15 degrees here, which is wow. most unusual. We really don't have winters that are like that. So it isn't just me. I, I felt that way, too. I just feel like no, it's... No, it wasn't just you. Okay. Well, good. That's the first... I think first this that's... is an unusually uh, difficult winter. Uh, polar vortexes and all sorts of other things that they, they keep talking about. So something else that has been infiltrating the internet and all over is... It's just realize what a large and loyal fan base you have. What does the support of the fans mean to you? I think it means everything, actually. Uh, when you know when one life to live was going to be um, ending, the, the support of the fans was extraordinary, and I think that's actually why Prospect Park was so gung ho to continue both of the um, both of the soaps. Unfortunately, it as we well know, it didn't work out. But I think that they knew that there was definitely um, a fierce, fierce um, group of people who. Um, We'll always watch these shows, and we love them very much. You know, we, we, I, I really appreciate, um, I love the fans. They're incredible. I think of them as friends, actually. Hmm. Most of them have become friends, the ones that are around New York City. They're my friends. I think that, you know, for a lot of people, we were talking in the last segment where Lawrence was saying that, He's become thankful so much more for his family and his friends and his loved ones. And I think that soap fans are finding that out now. Maybe it's, it's more so after the fact of soaps being canceled, but they've really sort of gathered and amassed as a big soap family. Well, you know, you know, back in the day, in the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s, the fans didn't have a chance to really voice their opinions. They could write letters. But what's happened between, you know, Twitter and, uh, and Facebook, um, the fans are incredibly vocal. And they have a, um, I guess they have a larger say in what really goes on. Or their, their opinions are expressed and they're heard. You know, they're heard. So it's a diff- very different time that we're living in. And, um, I, you know, with Facebook, it's so amazing. I'll, I'll be at an event and someone will come over to me and say, you know, I'm your Facebook friend. I'll go, <laughs> what's your name again? And I will know who they are. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's very, I think it's very cool. I think it's very cool. So I let's really talk about this phone call that you must have gotten saying, Hey, you know what? We're thinking about maybe having you reprise the role of Delia. What goes through your mind when you get this call about a role that, I mean, not that you ever totally forgot about, but I'm sure you never thought that you'd have an opportunity to play again. Well, uh, I'm not going to say that that, uh, there was someone who was interested in producing a movie for, you know, when SoapNet was going and and thought that a two-hour movie of Ryan's Hope would be a great idea. Oh, wow reviving the show. And so there were, there was some talk about that. Um, but I actually really never thought it would happen. And I was very shocked when, uh, Frank Valentini called me and said, are you sitting down? You know, you know, when someone says, are you sitting down? Uh, yeah, you know, I figured it was good news. Um, I, you know, when he called me, 
Um, but I, I, uh, I was quite surprised. I was quite surprised. So we have, it was great. We have, we have a message from Michelle on Twitter uh, at Mr. Kitty 6906 who said, I'm hoping GH brings her on as Ava's mom full time. Oh, the possibilities. And there are a lot of people like Michelle who I've seen uh, say similar things. Well, uh, I think after these next four shows, uh, I think the possibilities are even going to open up more. It's, it's all what Ron wants to do. I mean, I would, I would love to be there uh, full time, uh, but it's up to Ron and it's up to Frank. And, um, you know, uh, I, I leave it in their hands. I, I'm, I mean, I know what I'd like because <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't do this as a hobby. This of course. thing has been my life. And, um, you know, coming and going there is, is fun, but uh, it's not exactly, you know, how I think you can tell the best story. <laughs> and, you know, I'm all about, you know, telling some kind of good story. Which segues into talking about the web series Pride, which we talked about at the top of the hour with the creative gang behind the series. What was it about Pride that attracted you to this project? Uh, Durrell, Anthony. Mm-hmm. I love Durrell. Uh, in fact, um, well, I think we met when I was doing uh, my big gay Italian wedding, um, written by Anthony Wilkinson, who's involved with um, uh, Tainted Dreams. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and I think Durrell is extremely talented. So uh, he asked me to do it, and uh, I said, Sure. And I trust him. And Can I think they've actually really got an interesting show. Really. It's shot extremely well. Can you tell us a little bit about your character? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, you know, we try to, every now and again, sneak in a little bit of stuff there. So, well, I know that I'm anxious I to see I can tell it you what, it, what appears to be. I'm, I'm a professor and I'm... Um, uh, I'm uh, the, the character that uh, Durrell plays. Uh, I'm I'm his. He works with me, and um, but I think there's a lot more under the surface that we don't really know about her, and I don't know about her either. So I am anxiously awaiting to find out more about this character of Eleanor Brixton because well, I really I don't know. Okay, I guess well, that's, that's always soap good. Opera writing. <laughs> it you is. Have you don't, no never know. idea what's coming next. None. <laughs> I have no idea what's coming next. Well, we'll but try to. A wonderful show. I know that I'm looking forward to trying to figure it out and see what's going on. I've seen the the previews that are on the Facebook page and that they've been tweeting out on Twitter. So for folks who are now intrigued by the fact that Eileen doesn't quite really know what's coming up next I as know well. Nothing. It would be great for you to go on and try to be in the same boat as the rest of us who have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on. So quickly, I also want to talk about Tainted Dreams as well, which you've mentioned. Um, without naming names, since Tainted Dreams is sort of a soap behind the soap in a soap type of series, have there ever been any sort of backstage shenanigans that you've seen that are sort of depicted in Tainted Dreams? Well... You know, it's really funny. I, I put all my drama, like, out on the stage. So I, I've been involved in very few, uh, like, backstage craziness. Uh, so, uh, and, and I'm an innocent. I find out things, like, a couple of years later. 
uh, I find out what was go- really going on behind the scenes a couple of years later. But I'm like a, I, I must just be an, a, you know, a grinning idiot around there. I, I don't know, uh, I don't know a lot of the dramas. I don't know a lot of the people who are having uh, sex in their dressing room and, um, you know, there's a lot I guess I didn't know about, uh, even on Ryan's Hope. Um, I'm, I'm so busy studying lines mm-hmm. all the time that, because um, I can't seem to really learn my lines the night before for whatever reason. It, it's got to be the immediacy of, um, of, uh, of, of, of knowing that I'm going on the set in, in about an hour, you know, that I have to learn it, you know. So I've kind of stayed out of a lot of drama, quite honestly. It's probably the reason that you've been involved in soaps for so long, too. I guess. I guess no one feels I'm going to blackmail them. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. You know, to me, it's a job, and it's a very difficult job. And, um, and attention must be paid to the, um, to the work at hand. But um, if the walls could talk... <laughs> the walls could talk, it would be uh, probably... Uh, well, I think that's what Tainted Dreams is really. I think it's. I think people are going to love Tainted Dreams. We I only really have about a minute left, so I want to ask you a quick question. I've been asking all of the guests today. What are you most proud of? <laughs> most proud of? I don't know that I managed to keep my weight under a certain amount. I don't know. <laughs> what am I most proud of? That um, that I I oh I'll tell you what I'm most proud of. That I try to treat, uh, I, I try not to do what I did the day before. And I try to always raise the bar on myself. And uh, I, I really try to work as an ensemble because that's the way I started off. I started off as a dancer with Michael Bennett, who did Chorus Line, but I, I was doing a show called Henry Sweet Henry. And um, we worked as a team. And I think the um, whole is only as good as all those parts. And I've really... Um, tried to be a member of a company and with the way we shoot now um we we shoot in segments so you never get the the feeling of a company the way you used to when i did ryan's hope when we finished doing that show at the end of the day we felt like we had just done a play Hmm. like we had done an off-broadway show or a broadway show because we had a sense of the beginning and the middle and and the end so um but what i'm proud of that i've um that I really work hard and then I try to give not just a hundred percent, but a thousand percent if I can. And, um, I know that all of the fans appreciate that and we're hearing about it now. Unfortunately, they're giving me the wrap up here. So what I'd like to do is since there are so much more to talk about and I know that fans would love to call in and be able to chat with you, I want to extend the invitation for you to come back anytime that you would like. So so Eileen, thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure. And you can follow Eileen at Eileen Kristen on Twitter. She's also on Facebook as well. And for those of you out there, if you've missed any part of today's show or you'd like to hear it again, just head over to our official show page at SoapCentralLive.com. You'll find all of the information that we talked about today with links and the Twitter handles of all of our guests, all sorts of good things. It's also the place to listen to any of our past episodes. You can download them or stream them or listen on demand. It's completely free. And you can also check us out in the podcast section of iTunes. Just search for Soap Central Live. 
Next week, we have Ricky Paul Golden and Martha Byrne here with us. It's going to be another great show. That's next week, Friday, February 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So until then, thank you for listening. I'm Dan Kroll signing off on the continuing saga that we like to call Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.